Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have our usual Friday look at what happened in grain markets this week. Those markets continue an ever upward spiral, reaching near record and some places record territory. We hear from Saskatchewan farmers and efforts to improve soil conditions. SAS Power is asking farmers to look up and live this busy seeding season. And we hear from the crop specialist in Kindersley about the start to spring seeding in his area. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306 721 6667. Grain prices continue to move upward this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola moved up $33 per metric ton this week, while spring wheat futures were up 24 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, both wheat and canola continued their trends higher. July canola increased approximately $33 a ton here this week. As we talk, we're sitting at about $857 a ton on the futures. So uh, putting in new highs if uh, that is going to close here today at those levels. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the July contract increased approximately 24 cents this week, sitting at approximately $7.50 a bushel. So what's pushing up these grain prices? Well, the first thing on the canola front is that soybean oil is definitely still trending higher and putting in new highs. So those markets uh, are going to keep canola strong. And as everybody knows, the the fundamental situation, the short supply here is still keeping canola quite strong. You know, one thing I have been keeping an eye on is, is how the rally in the Canadian dollar could start to affect canola prices and just the basis for farms. However, I believe with just this short supply of canola, the Canadian dollar really isn't a factor right now, but still something to watch because we are sitting close to that 81.5 cents now on the June futures. This week as well, too, StatsCan reported canola areas expected to increase for the first time since 2017, uh, rising about 3.6% to 21.5 million acres. 
which is actually the largest seeded area since 2018. So uh, again, a lot of canola acres going in, but it is very dry. So that's one thing that uh, I'm talking to clients about is, you know, maybe if they aren't wanting to be forward selling much canola here, you know, how they can look at protecting prices at these levels. So you see the weather is having an, in- an impact? I would say the weather is having an impact in terms of, you know, maybe selling decisions going forward on the canola front in particular. Now on the wheat markets, you know, a little bit different that the weather outlook seems to be somewhat actually negative for prices as extended models continue to hold some rain in the forecast for the Dakotas. I, higher ideas that, that prices will continue higher might ha- take a bit of a pause here. There's been some slower U.S. exports and, and some of the weakness in the other grains might kind of flow over to wheat. Uh, however, the trend is positive right now. But again, kind of your question on the weather, you know, that can change pretty soon uh, or pretty quickly rather. And we could see wheat prices go down because that's can actually release the wheat numbers as well too and Canadian farmers are expected to plant less wheat in 2021 compared to last year down about 6.9% in in acres and that decrease is largely expected in spring wheat which is anticipated to fall about 8.8% in acres this year. So the market outlook next week and beyond? It's going to be important to see if wheat can hold some of these levels here because we're seeing very volatile ranges, uh, in particular, mainly because the the May contracts are going off the board here today. So I think there's just a lot of volatility this week. And again, if canola is going to keep going up, it seems you know, every week. And that's something that I know I'm getting a lot of questions about and uh, how to put in some marketing plans around it. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca. Earth Day was last week and Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau marked the event with an online panel discussion with four young farmers from Saskatchewan and Manitoba. There were conventional and organic producers on the panel, but they are using some common practices. Tannis Axton farms in southern Saskatchewan near Minton. To us, regenerative ag is a continuous improvement of our soil. So some of the practices that we use include intercropping, companion cropping, and cover crops. Gives us great diversity and helps us keep our soil covered and protected. Uh, With winter, we can't always keep a live plant growing, of course, so we use stripper headers to harvest so that we can keep standing stubble, and we try to grow a large amount of high-carbon crops. We do large-scale composting, which allows us to restore the biology in the soil, controlled traffic farming, uh, which basically is just driving on the same tracks for every operation we do in the field, which helps us reduce compaction and fuel efficiency. Lastly, we're a no-till farm. Our goal is to disturb the soil as little as possible. Allison Squires is an organic producer at Wood Mountain, southwest of Assiniboia. Part of their crop rotation is a green manure combined with grazing livestock. On our green manure year, we instead of tilling the green manure into the soil to build the soil back up, we invested in a large cow-calf herd, and we actually do rotational grazing across our annual acres this way. And so what this does is it feeds into the soil and that we're not disturbing 
the structure of the soil. The nutrients of the cover crops are being cycled through the cattle and being deposited onto the soil to be professional about it. Also, uh, the cows, as we move them every day through these cover crop acres, they're also trampling a lot of the cover crop plant material, leaving it on the surface of the soil, which acts as an armor or protection of the surface of the soil, which protects it from heat swings and moisture loss. Alexander Borsch farms in Manitoba. He pays attention to the carbon-nitrogen ratio in the soil. And I think something that's underestimated in conventional agriculture is the effect of too much nitrogen in the soil and not just soil disturbance. So we've also implemented a lot of practices trying to minimize those by looking at different nutrients, trying to focus on nutrient density in our crops, using more micronutrients, splitting up fertilizer applications, doing more foliar applications with a sprayer instead of spraying chemicals. This has been a really big part in trying to reduce our carbon footprint. Karen Clausen, also from Manitoba, has both conventional and organic land. We have neighbors who have cattle, and so we integrated livestock onto our organic land last year to graze down the cover crops, which has been really interesting and challenging uh, experience as a new uh, farmer myself and absolutely new to having animals on the land. It was an interesting year, and we'll be doing it again this year as well. We've also been um, just really increasing the number of crops that we grow in diversity so in that way we can reduce the amount of nitrogen that we use and just using some of the organic management practices on even our conventional land really helps to reduce nitrogen and taking a preach from the organic agriculture as well just increasing the diversity not just of the cash crops we grow but just around the farm as well. These four farmers all participated in an online panel discussion on Earth Day last week. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Hey, Kara Oosterhuis here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another Pulse School episode, and I have here with me Robin Vanessa Davidson, who is a Pulse Research Scientist with Lakeland College. How's it going today? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's awesome. So we're at the time of the year, we're starting to look in our fields and we're thinking about, you know, we're, we're really looking for weeds. We're thinking about herbicide carryover specifically from last year. Do you want to touch on some of the things we should be looking for? Well, I guess depending on where you farm across the prairies, Carrie, you might have some concerns with potential um, carryover or herbicide residual from 2020. Now, if you're in some of the wetter areas like central Alberta, northern Alberta, I would say you probably don't have anything to be concerned about. We had lots of moisture and it was fairly warm last summer, so it shouldn't be too bad. But if you're in maybe some of the drier areas of the prairies, um, especially southern Alberta or across Saskatchewan, you might want to take a look at some of the herbicides that you used last year and not necessarily assume they're gone. Now, there's a number of things that play into whether or not we have carryover. I mean, moisture by far is the one that we talk about the most, which is why I mentioned that first. But you also have to think about your soil texture. If you're in, like, for instance, the brown soil zones, a little bit more sandy, a little bit lower pH, you might have more of a concern with some of these products. 
Whereas if you're in the black soil zones, lots of moisture, high organic matter, you can probably get away with it. So, and again, gray wooded soils up in the northern part of the prairies, you might a little, be a little bit more concerned. So it's just important to, to take a look at the herbicides that you used last year, um, and maybe just think about that before you uh, before you put your crops in, and just make sure that you're not going to have a lot of carryover. And I think it's important to note too that some of these herbicides are a couple years. I think right, you yes. have to look at these fields not just last year, but yes, exactly. And so the ones that I mean come to mind the most would be your group twos, your group fours, and maybe some of your group twenty sevens. Those seem to be the ones that affect the pulses kind of repeatedly every year. So depending on your soil, really, depending on your soil, depending on your farm, it's going to be important to just keep those things in mind. Because you're right, some of these products can really tend to stick around and don't break down like maybe they, you're hoping they do, right? So. So you're walking through your field, you figure out you don't have any herbicide uh, residuals from last year. What's the next thing you're looking for as far as weeds? Are you because especially with pulses, it's really important to keep those fields clean. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing that we say about pulse crops is they don't compete well. And we've, we've been spreading that message for, for a long time. And that they just don't have the ability to compete really well. It doesn't matter which pulse you're talking about. Um, lentils specifically can be, you know, face a little bit more challenges. Peas as well. Faba beans, even though faba beans are this tall, you know, leafy green strong plant people think oh yeah it'll out compete actually no they're very open um, canopy crop and so they don't actually compete necessarily as well as you can so there's certainly some things you can mitigate as far as you know not relying simply on your chemicals and stuff but right now is the time to be thinking about okay what are my weed issues that I had last year in this field what are the weed issues I had in this field a few years ago when I had pulses in there and what can you do right now now last year was a fairly open fall so I think a lot of farmers had the opportunity to go in maybe do some post-harvest spray or chemical control on your fields and suspect you expect that maybe we might be ahead of ourselves coming into 2021 than we were coming into 2020 for instance but if not there's definitely things you can do now if you're looking at you know more of a minimum till or zero till situation there's some great products out there some you know there's quite a range of pre-seed burn down products that you can put down if used safely um, with pulses I would say that you need to be quite cons um, just vigilant on putting pre-seed herbicides down as pre -seed seed not pre-emergence because that has come and bit us in the butt a few times and I mean I completely understand farmers are busy just get it in the ground and then I'll deal with my burn down products afterwards before they come up and in a lot of cases you can get away with that but sometimes you can't and so you just got to be careful about that for sure but yeah making sure that you have clean fields to start with and if you do have even a slightly or like a minimum till situation you could put some of the more higher residual things like edge or treflon or something or in there to, to really give you an advantage this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com it's your agri weather forecast on the source 620 ckrm the official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. 
Clearing sky this afternoon. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, becoming west 40, gusting to 60 this afternoon. The high today, 25 degrees. So it's a beautiful looking day, but windy. The low is 6. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. The high 23, the low plus 5. Sunday, partly cloudy. The high 15, the low minus 1. Monday, partly cloudy. The high 12, the low minus 2. Tuesday, partly cloudy. The high 13, the low minus 1. Wednesday, partly cloudy. The high 13, the low 0. Thursday, sunny with a high forecast of 16 degrees. Normal high is 16 for this date. The normal low plus 1. The sun rose at 535 this morning. The sun sets at 816 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the north in the southwest corner. Maple Creek, 24 degrees. Up north, the cold spot, Collins Bay at minus 4. Estevan is 20. Saskatoon, 18. Swift Current, 22. Weyburn, 21. Yorkton is 14 degrees. Cloudy in Regina, 21. That's 70 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 23, gusting to 36. Humidity is 29%. And the barometric pressure is dropping 100.7. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 23 degrees. Winds are from the west-southwest, 31, gusting to 41. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 21. That's 70 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. SAS Power is reminding farmers to look up and live as spring seeding begins. Scott McGregor with SAS Power says over half of farm safety incidents occur between April and June. With seeding season starting right now uh, and underway in some parts of the province, um, we want to remind uh, you know, farmers, producers, hired hands, anyone operating large machinery near power lines to take extreme caution. You know, we see about 300 incidents involving farm equipment uh, contacting overhead power lines each year. And, uh, yeah, we want people to just take extreme care out there. And farm machinery is bigger than ever. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about your points. You had a, you have a release that talks about several key points farmers must be aware of. Outline those for me. Absolutely. So um, we, we offer a number of tips to, to help farmers avoid, you know, any, any, any contacts with, with SAS power infrastructure. You know, one of, the, one of the big important things is to be prepared. You know, farmers know what fields they have to move machinery to, be it, you know, an air seeder, a sprayer, later in the year, a combine. And so it's important for, for farmers to plan their route before they head out. Um, in doing so, they can identify where power lines are that they would need to avoid or potentially have moved. To do that, you just give us a call. We'll, uh, we'll do what we can to get, get uh, low-hanging lines out of the way. We also recommend using a spotter uh, on the ground. Just another set of eyes on the ground. It helps, helps you know, people realize how big their machinery is and, and you know, if they've, if they've forgotten to pull in uh, any sort of equipment, then then you know the spotter will be able to see it. That's uh, kind of taking to the next point. That you know, no, it, 
it's it's crucial to know how big your machinery is. And if there's any equipment on the side, like if you have a, an air sprayer or air seeder rather, or a sprayer that, that has arms that can come in, certainly before you start moving this machinery around, collapse those arms. It'll make your vehicle smaller and you'll easier to, to negotiate where, uh, where power lines might be. Um, and as much as it's it's tricky to do with farmers working long hours, we recommend that farmers you know tr- avoid working fatigued, or at least take several breaks to to stay alert behind the wheel. Now I see you also say that SAS Power is planning on doing some improvements, uh, funding for the farmyard line relocation program and the rural rebuild program. Why that? Absolutely. So yeah, the farmyard uh, line relocation program uh, allows customers who want to move overhead lines in their farmyard to move that infrastructure underground. It's a cost-sharing program where customers contribute 25% of the costs, um, and then we we recover the rest. The, we're increasing the funding of this program uh, from actually $3 million from last year to $5 million this year. Um, there's also a the rural rebuild program, uh, which, which helps move lines from you know running through the center of, of farm fields to closer to where the utility easement is. So it you know, helps keep them out of the way of, of large machinery. But the key message here to farmers is look up and live. Yes, definitely. It's, it's really important for, for people as they head out with large machinery to, to be aware of where, where power lines are. We, don't, we want to make sure everyone gets home safe tonight, and you know, avoiding, avoiding hitting power lines is a, is a crucial part of that. You said there have been 300 incidents. Any idea how many deaths in a, in the, in um, a year? Uh, I'm not. Uh, thankfully, there's not been many. Um, I don't believe there was any report of last year. I can certainly find that out for sure for you. Um, I know last year we did see 304 uh, line contacts involving farm machinery, but you know most of these are, are absolutely preventable. Uh, just a matter of, of planning your route, making sure you're aware of, of how big your machinery is. Scott McGregor is with SAS Power. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. A little bit of seeding has started in west-central Saskatchewan. The crops extension specialist in Kindersley, John Ippolito, says there will be a lot more activity next week as we move into May. Yeah, that's the feel I get from most growers here is that most of them are thinking the first week of May is when they will start seeding. And and part of that's being driven by the weather we've had recently. Uh, we've been having frost overnight until the last three, four days. So soil temperatures haven't been really warm. Uh, weed growth, there's not much weed growth there yet. So I think most growers like to see a little bit of weed growth there because they like to be able to control those weeds either before or, or very shortly after seeding. Ippolito says soil temperatures are around plus 7 or 8 degrees. The soil temperatures are, are you know definitely getting to the temperature where we're definitely above the minimum, I guess is the way to describe it, for for a lot of the crops that we would be growing here. Ippolito says soil conditions are relatively dry. Well, the surface is dry because, of course, the snow here has been gone for quite some time. We did have good snow over the winter and uh, very little runoff. It actually seems to have all kind of infiltrated in. So 
There actually is reasonable moisture there for us to get started, but definitely the surface is dry, but not to the point where I foresee guys are going to have trouble seeding into moisture. It's not that dry in this part of the province anyway. Guys are fairly confident that they can probably still seed into moisture at a, at a reasonable depth currently, the way things have evolved. In Polito's, as many farmers are wondering about seed treatment and quality. Johnny Polito is the Crops Extension Specialist in Kindersley. Emerald Park-based Seedmaster is expanding its footprint in Alberta. Seedmaster says Alberta Ag Centre is now part of Seedmaster's distribution network and will ensure Seedmaster equipment is available across the province of Alberta. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Also brought to you by Sask Pork, Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit sasspork.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Canola gained 9.10 at 7.87.47. One red spring wheat went up 7.17 at 3.24.81. The rest all unchanged. Durham 2.99.46. Feed barley 2.67.68. Flax 697.63, lentils 705.47, oats 209.53, yellow peas 383.70, feed wheat 238.84. Minneapolis spring wheat July futures up three and a quarter cents at 747 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moosha. 1050 on offer at our Tuesday pre-sorted yearling sale. This market not getting any higher on any of these cattle. These fleshy cattle are still being discounted as per usual. We need a good two-day rain to put some optimism back in this market. We had just under 500 cows and bulls here again on Thursday. These top grain-fed cows here were a couple bucks stronger again. The good cows, 93 to a dollar one sales right up to a dollar seven and a quarter. These medium hay fed cows, eighty six to ninety five. We did have a trilode of top top end grain fed cows. They came from Danthorne Seenson out of Foam Lake. His whole load averaged eighteen hundred and sixty nine pounds at a dollar six fifteen. He had cows as high as a dollar seven and a quarter. Last pre sort of the spring is Tuesday, May seventh here in Mooshaw. It's been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,400 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 228 to 244 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,500 head, selling in a range of 228 to 243 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, May 1st are Oli West 2020 contract, 240.10, Oli West 2021 contract, 245.10, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 230.12, Ham's Cash, 228.12, Thunder Creek Brickle, 228.55, High Life Cash, 244.43 dollars per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 70 to 77 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is up 42 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2292. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 81.40 cents U.S.
Daily U.S. cash markets are higher to finish the week, and once again, weekly prices are up relative to week ago. There is a bit of softness developing in some regions, however, and while the Western Corn Belt will almost certainly surpass 2014 values for week ending May 8th, the national cutout adjusted variance may struggle to reach the benchmark. The weekly net value of the cutout will likely be lower than a week ago when published on Monday, as all cuts either softened or leveled out this week. Bellies have seen the largest drop and could come in some 30 plus percent lower than the previous week, which would be the largest one-week drop since COVID-19 plant disruptions materialized and only the fourth time on record the Primal has seen a 40 plus dollar move lower. All lean hog features are higher this morning but have not yet made up for the losses in the previous session. Features have been trading in a choppy pattern since April 12th but are nonetheless maintaining values at the upper end of the trading range in the past three sessions and are still amid record levels. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg, and SMHI. Landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hail, Farmers Insuring Farmers. Saskweed is calling for the creation of an export sales reporting program. The proposal is part of a submission for the federal review of the Canada Grain Act. A report for Saskweed found the lack of appropriate data led to farmers missing out on better sales timing in the current crop year. The Saskweed submission says market transparency is a key issue for farmers and wants legislation requiring grain companies to report daily and weekly sales data over a specified size to the Canadian Grain Commission. Saskweed supports the current governance of the Grain Commission and supports mandatory outward inspection remaining with the Grain Commission. Saskweed worries about moves to an accredited third-party inspection would create significant risks to the branding of Canadian wheat. April 30th today is the deadline for submissions to the Federal Review of the Canada Grain Act. On the markets, the TSX is down 95 points at 19,160. The Dow has fallen 192 points at 33,868. Oil is down $1.41 at 63.60 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is unchanged at 81.42 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.